This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is a voluntary statement from Dallas Steele, who was a friend of Whitley's back around the time of Christian's death. Her statement was given to Detective Wilburn, with the Meridian Police Department on April 15, 2014. She told me that she went to go shoot guns with Matt Miller and Jet Miller. I don't remember the other guy's name, though. She said that they went and shot guns the night before. Later, I asked Matt if she shot with them, and he said he didn't remember her shooting a gun or not. I got my friend to call Jet and ask him if they had shot guns, and he said no. If they had, they'd got Jet's gun after he went to sleep. She told me that Christian was shot in the temple. We were hanging out the night before, and I dropped her off at her apartment at Willow Ridge to her car because she was going to meet Matt. The night it happened, I was at the police station waiting on her while she was giving a statement, and she told me that the detectives took gunshot residue. That's when she told me that her and Matt and Jet went shooting guns the night before. Question. How well do you know Whitley? Answer. Which side of her? She has many. She is a compulsive liar. Question. Who is Matt Miller? Answer. They were hanging out before it happened, and they were texting after it happened. Question. Do you think Christian killed himself? Answer. No. Christian would never do something like that, and anybody would tell you the same. Question. Do you think that Whitley had something to do with the death of Christian? Answer. Yes. From all the stories she's told different people, and they are not all the same story. Did you know that according to FBI property crime data, most home break-ins happen in broad daylight? As the days get longer this spring, protect your home with Simply Safe. It's the award-winning home security I use and recommend. I'm relieved to know that while my days get longer and longer this month, and my family and I are starting to venture back into the outdoors to enjoy the spring weather, I won't have to sweat about whether or not my home is protected, because I know that Simply Safe has my back. There's a reason they were named Best Home Security Systems of 2024 by U.S. News & World Report and recognized for Best Customer Service in Home Security by Newsweek. 
Simply Safe's advanced technology keeps every room of my house protected. And if my cameras and alarms aren't enough to deter a thief, then I can trust in their 24-7 professional monitoring for fast emergency response at just half the cost of traditional home security. We're talking less than a dollar a day. You really can't beat it. Do yourself a favor. Protect your home today. My listeners get a special 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash culpable. That's simplysafe.com slash culpable. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. The night before Christian's death, we'll call it gun night. This night is interesting. Remember, Christian was on his tugboat when all this went down. On gun night, a group of friends, which included Whitley, met at Matt's cousin, Jet's house, and drove to a nearby field and shot a gun. Why they did was never made clear. I guess people do that. But given our circumstances, at the least, it's a bit odd. Gun night is important for two reasons that we know of. First, it confirms the story that Whitley Goodman was with Matt Miller on the 25th, which, from what we know, was likely a part of the reason why Christian decided to come home. And second, it's Whitley's alibi for why she had gunshot residue on her hands on the 26th, assuming she actually shot a gun that night. Ray was suspicious of gun night the moment she first heard about it. And back in March 2014, just weeks after Christian's death, she had private investigators look into this. The same two investigators you heard about in our last episode that interviewed the Best Buy employees. Ray asked them to speak with Matt and Jet Miller to try and get more information about the night of the 25th, and they were able to talk with both of them. So let's hear their versions of gun night. The interviews we acquired are very poor quality. We apologize for that. So we'll open each with a small section of the original interviews, but the majority of what you'll hear are reenactments. All right, let's get into it. First up, Jet. All right, and it is recording. Uh, Jet, I'm going to put you on speakerphone. Jet, can you hear me okay? Yeah. All right, uh, my name is I'm with... And we're doing a phone interview with Jet Miller. Jet Miller is the cousin of Matt Miller, who is hanging out with Whitley 
who is also involved in the Christian Andriacchio death case. On the phone, like I said, is Jet Miller. Jet, would you state your name and your birth date for the record? Jet Miller, 91090. And you are cousins with Matt Miller, is that correct? Right. Okay. What we wanted to get on statement, Jet, was when the police talked to Whitley and they talked to Dylan and they talked to everybody that was involved in the case, what we thought was strange was right when the police got there, they said, we're going to do a gunshot residue test on everybody here. And Whitley immediately stood up and she said, well, I'm going to test positive. And they said, whoa, how do you know you're going to test positive? And she said, I was shooting guns last night. The police wrote that down, said, hey, Whitley said she was shooting guns the night before. Now, her statement was that she was shooting guns with Matt Miller and his cousin, Jet Miller. Can you tell me, was that true? Who was shooting the guns or whatever? And just kind of tell me your version of those events. We were out by my house and and there's a dirt road called Hayes Road. It kind of goes to Clarkdale from Collinsville. We'd go out there all the time and just shoot guns, though. We just shot my 40 a few times and then went back to my house and they left. I never even hung out with Whitley like that, but. Okay, so what would you say your relationship with Whitley was? Well, there really is none. She went to Clarkdale. I mean, well, we're not even friends. Okay, so you're basically just what you would call an acquaintance and you were basically with her just because she was with Matt. Yes. Okay, when you say y'all went to Hayes Road and shot, tell me about that. You said you shot your 40. What kind of gun is that? How much did y'all shoot? Who all shot? Was that the only gun y'all shot? Can you give me some more information on that? Uh, Smith & Wesson, M&P 40. It's a compact, 10 rounds. I shot probably five times, and Matt probably shot two or three, and then she shot the rest. Just out in the woods, you know? Okay, so she did, in fact. She handled the gun and she did in fact shoot the weapon? Yes, yes, out in the woods. Okay, like I mean, just like, and this is a handgun, so she took the pistol, she was just firing out towards the trees in the wood line? Yes. Okay, about how many rounds would you say she shot? Four. Okay, and then you witnessed that with your own eyes? Yes. Okay, cool, cool. And then Matt, how much shooting did Matt do? Probably shot four or five times. Okay, so I mean, y'all weren't out there like all night shooting. You just kind of went out there, shot about a mag or two and... Yeah, then they went back. Okay, cool, cool. Was there anybody else out there with y'all other than Matt and Whitley? There wasn't. Okay, what was your version of what you heard? I was in Meridian and my girlfriend told me. That was when Matt was kind of talking to her and Christian's a real kind of jealous guy I've heard and... I'm sure he got into some argument with her or something. I know Matt wouldn't do anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was Matt at the apartment? I'm really not sure. I think it was just him and that Dylan Swearingen kid. Yeah, that Dylan guy? I don't really know him, but he asked them if they wanted something to eat and he was going to go grab something to eat down the road and they both said, no, they're good. He went and got something to eat. When he came back, he found Christian shot in the bathtub or something or wherever they found him at. And you heard that from your girlfriend, or was that actually from Dylan? That was from Chelsea, and then Matt kind of said the same thing. Is there any reason why Matt would say she wasn't shooting a gun? Because he kind of let on she didn't really shoot. You sure she shot the gun? I'm sure. Okay. Probably he's trying to just cover up for her. 
feel sorry for, but in this case, you can't feel sorry for nobody that done shit like this. Oh, I agree, man. I agree totally. Yeah, see, we've caught her lying a lot. It's making her look real bad. And she was trying to pull all kind of people into this thing with her. Not only Matt, but some other guys that were friends of yours. So she's trying to get a whole bunch of people involved in this thing. I guess to take the focus off of her. As far as her and Matt go, were they, had they been seeing each other for a while or is this kind of like? No, just a little week or two. I mean, it wasn't, as far as I know, it was just a little week or two, but I mean, it wasn't much, but she's also a little jealous type girl too. And she's got anger issues. So, I mean, I can see her killing somebody, killing him, but I just don't get people do that. I know Matt didn't. Matt ain't nothing a part of this. Yeah, we don't think he is either, man. It does strike me strange that he was like, he was pretty adamant. He's like, nah, she didn't shoot. And we were like, you sure she didn't shoot? And he was like, nah, she didn't shoot. So that's Jet's take on Gun Knight. In short, he confirms that Gun Knight did in fact happen. He says Whitley was there. She came with Matt. He claims that he barely knows her. But the biggest takeaway is he states Whitley did in fact shoot his gun that night. Now, let's hear Matt's take on gun night. I'm with We're investigating the Christian Andriacchio uh, death case. Looking into possible suspects. We're about to engage in an interview with Matt Miller. Your name keeps coming up. It's just because Whitley was with you. But the day of the incident, Christian showed up unexpectedly to the house. Willie was at their apartment over there by Willow Ridge, and basically, it was all about you. We know now that prior to his death, within an hour of his death, he actually got into her phone and found the app she was using to text you with, text you back and forth. He smashed her phone, they argued and yelled, and then to make a long story short, next thing we know, he's dead in the bathtub under extremely suspicious circumstances. One of the issues we've gotten into now is you've been brought up into it because of the events that happened the day before. We know that Whitley was with you. We understand y'all have a relationship. We don't care. That's all your business. You can do whatever you want. But one of her stories is she was with some friends the night before discharging firearms at a cabin. Now, was she with you? Were y'all out there shooting guns? Yeah. So it was me and my cousin and his friends. We were shooting his gun. His gun? What kind of gun was it? Uh, I don't know. Like a pistol? Yeah, a pistol. Was Whitley shooting the gun? Uh-uh. So Whitley never fired a gun at all, and you were with her the whole time? She never shot. Never shot? I shot it, but she was scared too. Yeah, she was scared too, but I shot it. Jet shot first, my cousin, he shot it. Then his friend shot it twice, and I shot it three times. I said, here, you want to shoot? She said, no, I'm terrified of guns. Well, what the police will do is they'll do what they call a gunshot residue test on you to see if you handled or discharged firearms within the last few hours. And one of the first things out of her mouth for the police on the scene and to the detective afterwards is that she was shooting guns the day before and she had been firing a handgun. So she was going to test positive. So she's using you as her alibi to say, hey, I'm going to test positive on the gunshot test. There's a dead body upstairs with a gunshot wound to the head, and she's saying, well, I was with my friend, which happens to be you, and we were all shooting guns. And so now you're telling me she didn't fire a gun. Not that I remember, and I ask her up front. 
But she didn't touch the gun, so she's lied to the police. That's the problem. See, I called her and asked her about that, and she told me that she was asleep and woke up and found him. That's what she told me. She told me that she found him. This is like the day after, or? The day after. I heard that Whitley was with Dallas, and Whitley wasn't answering the phone because apparently it was broke, I guess. So I called Dallas and I talked to Whitley, and she was crying and stuff, and I was with two of my other buddies, and they'll tell you the exact same story. Well, anyway, we're sitting there, and we're thinking about what happened, trying to put the pieces together, and then a couple of days later, somebody told me about the gun residue on her hands, and so I called my cousin and said, did she shoot a gun? I'm pretty sure she didn't. And he was like, nah, she was scared. And then the next thing I know, she's telling the police that Dylan found the body, but she told me a whole different story. But here's what I'm thinking. If you're asleep, wouldn't you hear a gunshot? She says she woke up to the gunshot. What story did she give you? The words that came out of her mouth that day was, she said that she woke up to the gunshot and ran upstairs and found him. That's what she told me. Then she tells the police that Dylan comes in and wakes her up and they find him. She says, yeah, I heard a pop, then I woke up, and she went upstairs and found him. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, have you talked to Dylan? What did Dylan say? I tried to call him a minute ago. I'm not real good buddies with Dylan. We don't have no problems, but we just... You guys know each other through some friends or whatever. Yeah, yeah. She texted you from Christian's phone? Yeah. Do you mind if I screenshot this and text it? Go ahead. I might have more, to be honest. She knows what's going down. She's saying, hey... He's on the way to the house to kick me out. Come pick me up. I was at work, and I get off at 3. Where do you work at? Construction. Do you want me to see if I got any more stuff? Yeah, it actually locked up on me. Well, I've been doing screenshots, and we'll text them to myself if you don't mind. Okay, that's cool. And this is... Who is this 3744? I have no idea. This is Whitley. What you doing? That's another one she's using. I don't know where these numbers are coming from. Dude, she must have like 14 burner phones. I swear I don't know. You can read all of these. 3744 says, Hey, this is Whitley. What are you doing? And then, I feel like you're avoiding me. He doesn't reply. Hey, because I had gun residue on my hands from us shooting guns, and they asked who is not a suspect. They already declared it a suicide because you know by the ballistic test what kind of gun that was shot and what time and what gunpowder on Christian's hands. And he says, okay, when did they question you? They didn't, his family did. What'd they say? Saying that it wasn't a suicide and I better pray I wasn't behind it. Like I always get caught up in shit because of you. This is him talking to her. How can you say that right now? because I'm getting threats over someone I have no clue about. That's why. And this is her. I'm getting threatened too, but I can't help it. That's not even the issue to me. The issue is he's gone, and there's no way it was a homicide either because he was shot in the side of the head. I didn't even know that until yesterday. She told me he was shot in the throat at first. That's the first time I asked her over the phone. Then she continues to say, and I didn't have this kind of gunpowder on my hands. How would she have known that? Matt replies, and I'm sorry he's gone, but I didn't talk to him or nothing, and I'm in it. Because I shot guns with you the night before he shot himself, Matt. So she's saying because I shot guns with you the night before he shot himself? Is that what she's saying? I mean, that's stupid. I have no idea. When did they come to you? Last night. 
Please don't kick me when I'm down. I'm not. Do you mind if I text myself this stuff? Were you with her after the shooting? Mm Mm-hmm. Do you still talk to her? No. Yeah, it's probably a good thing. I don't talk to her. I haven't seen her since that night. We're going to take care of you. Huh? We're going to take care of you. You're good. We're going to go down to the police station because they want to get copies of all that and they want to interview you, talk to you about basically what you just told us. In their interviews, Jet and Matt really only disagreed on one thing, but that one thing is important. That is whether or not Whitley shot a gun that night. Jet says she did. Matt says she didn't, adding that she told him she was terrified of guns. And then Matt goes on to say that he had a conversation with Jet where they both agreed that she didn't shoot a gun. He says he asked Jet, did she shoot that night? And he responded, no, she was scared. And if you remember Dallas's statement from the beginning of this episode, She said that she had a friend who called Jet and asked if they had shot his gun that night, and his response was no. If they had, they got his gun after he went to sleep. I honestly don't know how to make sense of this. I wish I did. I'm simply sharing what we have, and as is often the case in what we're dealing with here, sometimes things just don't add up. What I do know is Matt is in the clear. He was at work on the 26th. It checks out. And right after speaking with investigators, he'd go on to speak with MPD. And that is documented in the report. We'll get into that in a minute. As for Jet, he was not asked to speak with MPD at this time. He was, however, asked to speak with MPD years later. But what came out of that is unclear and is not documented in any sort of report, meaning we don't have an alibi for Jet for February 26th. The only information from that meeting that was relayed to the Andriacchios was that Jet confessed that a friend named Zach Tab was also present at gun night which is interesting because we're talking years removed from that night he gives this information. Yet when the investigator spoke with him shortly after that night, he told him there wasn't anyone else there. Nonetheless, it was important that this came to light because finding out who all was there that night has always been a lingering question. You hear that? Your dog knows. Spring is coming sooner than you think. Dog walks, dog parks, playing fetch, all the stuff your dog loves to do with you. But the warmer weather also means that fleas and ticks are coming back. Fleas and ticks are in the grass, in the woods, and even on their dog friends. Fleas are an itchy nuisance, can easily get into your home, furniture, and beds, which can be terrible. Ticks are even worse. They're hard to spot, but can carry disease and get your dog really sick. PetMeds has your furry friend protected with the best products to prevent flea and ticks all year long. PetMeds pharmacists connect directly with your vet to save you time and deliver the best products for your pet. PetMeds offers low prices on all flea and tick meds, including NexGuard, Simperica, and more. And PetMeds AutoShip helps you save even more with additional discounts on regular shipments of PetMeds, dog food, and other high-quality supplies. So get ready for all the spring fun now. Visit PetMeds.com and use promo code PODCAST to save 40% on your first auto ship order. That's PetMeds.com and promo code PODCAST. (laughs) 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Now, regarding Matt, as I mentioned, his day didn't end after his talk with investigators. Once his interview had concluded, he was then asked to go to the station and give a statement to Detective Wilburn with the Meridian Police Department. This is from the report. I met her when I was 18 years old in Dalewood through a mutual friend, and I used to hang out at her house and smoke and stuff. A year or so went by and she got really wild, and then she kind of quieted down and cleared her name. Another couple of years went by, and I was 20 years old, then one day she randomly snapchatted me while I was at work. It was a couple of days before the incident. We were just talking and catching up, and I asked her about Christian, and she said that they had broken up and he was seeing another girl. We came to an agreement that we were going to hang out together with a couple of friends. She ended up meeting me at the Shell at Southeast, and she jumped in the truck with me, and we went to Jets. We sat around, watched TV, played pool, and smoked and talked. Jet asked if we wanted to go shoot guns, and I said, yeah, man, so we got into the truck and drove down to the pasture behind his house. We ended up shooting. Jet shot, me, and Jet's friend shot at some cans. I specifically asked Whitley if she wanted to shoot, and she said no, because she is terrified of guns. After that, we went back up, and me and Whitley left to take her back to her car. It was around 12 or so in the morning. We went back to the shell, and I asked her if she wanted to stay or drive home, and she said that she wanted to stay. She came over, and we ended up having sex, and we went to sleep. The next morning, we woke up around 6.30 or 7. I was already late for work. I walked her to her car, asked her if she was good to drive, and she said yes. So we parted ways. I went to work, and I guess she went to Christian's. I worked from about 7.45, till three. I was in Russell at the time working at a factory. I got home around 3.30 p.m., sat on the couch watching TV, and went to sleep. 
woke up around 8 p.m. from a call from my cousin asking if I heard what had happened to Christian. Jet told me about Christian committing suicide, and then that's when I tried to get in touch with Whitley to see what happened. She told me that Christian found out about me and her, and they went to several different spots, and he was upset. She said they went back to the house and laid down and went to sleep together. She woke up to a gunshot, ran upstairs, and found him slumped over the tub with a bullet hole in his throat. Around 8 p.m., I tried to call Whitley's phone, got no answer, and I called Dallas, and I asked her if she was with Whitley, and Dallas said, yes, Whitley is with me. I asked Dallas if I could talk to Whitley, and Dallas put Whitley on the phone. That's when she told me that story that they fell asleep together, and then she woke up to a gunshot, and she ran upstairs and found Christian in the bathroom, slumped over the bathtub, and she said that he shot himself in the throat. After we hung up, she tried to contact a couple times, but I was avoiding her. So about a week goes by, I hear a different story. So I texted her and asked her if she found the body or did Dylan find the body. Then she said Dylan found the body. I asked her, why did she tell me a different story the first time? Then I asked where he was shot. Whitley said his head. She also said that Christian was talking about killing himself earlier that day. She said if you do it, don't do it in the face. Then she started playing this guilt trip about why are you putting this on me. Since then, I haven't talked to her. Question. What kind of person is Whitley? Answer. She is a compulsive liar and cheater, and she is sneaky. Question. Do you think Whitley or Dylan killed Christian? Answer. Yes. Question. Why do you think Whitley or Dylan killed Christian? Answer. I think Christian was threatening Whitley about taking the car and stuff, and she snapped. I think Whitley knows more than she is telling. I don't think Dylan had anything to do with it. Maybe Gun Knight is related to Christian's death in some way. Maybe it's not. I hope to find an answer there. The people we know were there. Whitley, Matt, Jet, and Zach. I make this point because although we know these people were there, it's still possible that there were others present. Over the years, Ray received a few tips from various sources regarding Gun Knight, and eventually she decided to reach out to Zach Tab, the last person to be linked to Gun Knight, to see if he'd be willing to share any additional information about what happened that night. I had wanted to talk to Zach Tab myself because I just have never 100% believed the fourth person was him, or I felt like if he was there, there was still uh, another person there because I didn't understand why it would be so important to keep Zach Tabb's name out of everything. I mean, everybody else's name would be listed, but then you'd just say a friend or a fourth person. It never would identify that person. So I attempted to contact him several times, was not able to, and then his mother contacted me and was wanting to join the Justice for Christian Facebook page. 
And so we spoke over the phone and I told her that I had always wanted to talk to her son, that I felt like that he might know something. It may even be something he didn't realize he knew, but that um, it was important to talk to him. She said, well, I can get him to talk to you. And she did, and he did call. Um, I think it was on August 28th of 2017. And, you know, he basically called and stated that his mother had told him that I wanted to talk to him. He didn't really understand why I wanted to talk to him because he didn't really know anything. Throughout the conversation, he was very guarded. He answered, I don't know anything about that, to almost every question. You know, he basically said they went shooting. There was no one else there, that Chelsea Garrett had been there, but then she had left and did not go shooting guns with them. When I asked, was there another girl with Whitley? Because we had been told that there was a female with Whitley. Um, he stated, I don't know anything about that. Um, when I asked him, was Hayes Mitchell there with them? He said, no, he had not seen him that night. I had said, well, you know, it's my understanding that Jet had gone to pick Hayes up earlier in the night. And he said, well, I don't know anything about that. When I asked him why would Jet lie for him and tell people that no one else was there but himself, Matt, and Whitley, he said that he didn't know why that Jet was probably drunk when he said that. And I said, well, you know, he wasn't drunk because our this was, this was two months after everything had happened. And our investigators talked to him on the phone, and he seemed very, you know, clear-headed and uh, did not appear to be drunk. And, you know, he said, well, I, I don't know about that. So he basically became pretty frustrated with the conversation. I became frustrated with the conversation because he was, just like I said, was very nervous acting, you know, acted kind of like someone who didn't, was kind of picking their words and didn't know exactly what to say because they didn't know what had been said and what I knew and didn't want to make a misstep. I had asked him, did they ever talk about Christian that night? That was one question that he was very clear on, said, no, his name was never discussed. And so I asked him, I said, well, how can you remember so clearly that Christian's name was never mentioned that night, but yet you don't remember who was there, or you don't remember specifically if there was a girl there, or you don't know why Jet would have kept your name out of a police report. I just feel like that there had been some discussion. I know that if I was involved in a situation like that, that we would have got together and probably talked about, you know, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to say? I mean, whether you're guilty or anything or not, you would have a discussion. And he acted like that it had never been discussed and there had never been, um, you know, he, he was actually at one point almost belligerent saying he didn't know why I was making a big deal out of this. And I said, well, because it could be a very big deal. Whitley thought that Christian was coming home that night early and if they were out shooting guns, well, then, you know, maybe there was something significant to that because everybody's making such a big deal about this gun night and acting like there was something criminal going on or something. And really, it was just a bunch of kids shooting guns. And I've never understood why everybody was making such a big deal about it and wanting to hide the details of what occurred that night and who was there if it was innocent and there was nothing significant that related to the events of February 26th. So after probably about a five-minute conversation, you know, he just said, I don't know anything, and he terminated the conversation. There are still many questions surrounding gun night, 
But one thing that stands out in all this is that when you boil down the statements of Dallas, Matt, and Jet, you have three different people that were questioned about the events of the 25th and the 26th. And three fingers, all pointed at one person. This is a text exchange between Whitley Goodman and Matt Miller. March 4th, 2014. Did you find Christian or did Dylan find him? Dylan. You told me you woke up to a gunshot and found him. No, Dylan found him, told me, and I found him. Your story has changed so much. What? So where was he shot? You told me something completely different. His head. I didn't even know where he was shot when it happened because it didn't go through. I just found that out. How did I do that? You told me y'all fell asleep together and you woke up to a gunshot, ran upstairs and found him. You said nothing about Dylan. You said you found him. Dylan didn't even go upstairs. Dylan told me to check on him, and I did, and he was dead. Dylan said he found him, but you told the police a whole different story. You're trying to say I'm guilty? Fuck, I don't know. Nobody knows. Why would he kill himself? Everybody's trying to find out. Wish I could tell you. Yeah. March 23rd, 2014. My story did change because I didn't want to make you feel bad. You have to consider I've went through more than I should have with all this. I was cleared as a suspect and it was ruled as a suicide. Did anyone stop to think my whole entire life ended by finding what I did in the bathtub from one night of fucking up? I'm not saying this because I want to get high with you. Just to clear stuff up. Life's too short. Smoke one. Culpable is a production of Resonate Recordings and Tenderfoot TV in conjunction with Cadence 13, written and hosted by me, Dennis Cooper. Executive producers are Jacob Bozarth, Mark Mennery, Dennis Cooper, Donald Albright, and Payne Lindsay. Additional production by Whitney Bozarth, Courtney Cooper, Meredith Stedman, and Mason Lindsay. Audio editing and sound design by Resonate Recordings. If you have a podcast or are looking to start one, check us out at resonaterecordings.com. Our theme music and score is by Dirt Poor Robbins, cover art by Drew Bardana. Additional music for this episode by Lovers and Madmen. Additional voiceover for this episode by Chad Lewis and Paul Frields. 
You can follow us on social media at Culpable Podcast. Show notes as well as bonus content can be found on our website, culpablepodcast.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please take time to subscribe, rate, and review. Your feedback is greatly appreciated. Thank you for listening. You know that science solves crimes. Forensic science is exciting, challenging, and most of all, rewarding work. But there is a shortage of qualified individuals in this field. Hi, I'm Terry with Loyola University, Maryland's Forensic Science Department. Loyola is one of the only colleges in the country offering advanced degrees in forensic pattern analysis and biological forensics. Our courses, taught by forensic experts, feature hands-on training and small class sizes. They are based on real crime scene and forensic examiner training programs to ensure you are ready to make a difference. Our programs are open to students from a variety of academic backgrounds because we believe everyone can contribute to solving crimes. So what are you waiting for? Discover the excitement of forensic science at Loyola University, Maryland. Visit loyola.edu forward slash forensic for more information. That's loyola.edu forward slash forensic because you are ready to make a difference. Join one of Loyola University Maryland's forensic science programs today.